Blog Talk Radio. Pugilistic linguistics, check out the 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 pugilistic linguistics. Good evening, y'all. Good evening. Welcome to the Pugilistic Linguistic Show. I am your host. Michael Foster, the voice of reason in an unreasonable world, a world that has gotten a lot more unreasonable in the last seven days, Uh, but welcome again, welcome. Um, So tonight, I am going to do a part two to the election postmortem. You know, I've had some time to think this week, and I've come up with some stuff. And I actually think that um, it would be interesting and be exciting uh, what what I and some well-meaning people have in store. But before I get there, just to let you know that there is an accompany, accompanying blog. That's a hard word for me to say. Uh, it's Pugilistic Linguistics. It's a... Uh, regular written blog, I kind of go back and forth with it, but I will be posting something this evening or tomorrow morning. Um, I am going to be posting a music review. This week, uh, Common has released his new album called Black America Again, and a tribe quest released their final album. We've got it from here. Thank you for your service. Their first album in 18 years. Uh, I downloaded them this week, and I'll be posting my reviews of that on my blog. And I will be putting that link, that address, on my uh, Facebook page for the podcast as well as, my, as well as my personal page Go out and check that out A review of Black America Again by Common And thank you for your service I'm sorry, we got it from here Thank you for your service From A Tribe Called Quest Alright, that being said Part 2 of the Postmortem And this is where do we go from here The next movement uh, the next movie being one of my favorite songs from the rap group The Roots. Uh, really, that is what this is all about. What is our next movement? Before, you know how I feel about the man. He's not president. That's all well and good. We deal with it. Can't do anything about it. There's some groundswell grassroots efforts to have the electors and the electoral college to vote other than the agreement that they have with their individual states. I don't know how that's going to shake out. I don't know what it looks like. We'll see how that works because they convene, I believe, December 19th, uh, 10th, somewhere in that area. So we'll see what that looks like. I don't know what's going to come of it. Who knows? Um. I do believe the Electoral College has outlived its usefulness. Constitutionally, they exist. But I've said about the Constitution, 
as well as that document is written. I do believe it needs to be revisited every now and then. Uh, I read somewhere the Constitution is like your grandfather. You know, he means well, but after a while, you got to stop listening to what he says and take it with a grain of salt. Because after a while, he gets outdated. Constitution didn't allow us to vote. The Constitution didn't allow women to vote. The Constitution said that blacks were three-fifths human as far as elections are concerned. So every now and then that thing needs to be revisited when times change. I think the Electoral College has outlived its usefulness. I think that, yes, it's a – it could potentially be uh, – problematic when states like Texas in Gulf states like Vermont whereas Texas has I don't know you know six uh, I don't know 15 20 million voters whereas Vermont has 20,000 voters you know I'm just throwing numbers out there uh, and to have one state have that much more power but I don't know there has to be a happy medium here somewhere the Electoral College has outlived its usefulness. And as a matter of fact, Donald Trump, the one who is the victor, the one who will benefit from this Electoral College decision, said as much back in 2012. But anyway, what's our next move? The next movement is what this is all about. I have said on my personal page that whereas the initial knee-jerk reaction was one of gloom and doom, it might not ultimately end up being all that way. Now, I'm not saying that he's going to, that he's going to all of a sudden sprout competence and make a halfway decent leader. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying he won't either, but I have a hard time believing that's going to happen. What I am saying is, it's four years. We as a country have dealt with, have dealt with worse. But the thing about it is that we need to mount, and when I say we, I'm not just talking about the people who are against Trump. I'm talking about we as a country. Now, the ones who, and I got, I'm just going to do it, keep it in simple terms. The ones who lost this election, they may be spurred to action, maybe more than the ones who won this election. But I think this is a mandate for everyone. There needs to be a dismantling of the current political structure and climate, a complete dismantling. The Democrats don't don't serve the people. The Republicans don't serve the people. Neither of them serve the people any longer. And this split has been coming for a while now. I said in the previous podcast that if you want better at the top, you must hire better at the bottom. And everyone is so up in arms about Trump winning the presidency, that they ignored the fact that we basically sent the same Congress to D.C. 
That is dramatic than Trump. They are the ones that have been there for 25, 30, 35 years and have contributed to the climate in people. What is our next move? What's our next movement? Uh, all on Facebook the last few days have been nothing but complaining. Don't get me wrong. I was one of the complainers. I am not happy about this at all. But my complaints will not change anything. Everybody thought this election was rigged, that Hillary had it in the bag. It didn't matter what we did. She was going to win because it was predetermined by the families that decide all these things. Well, apparently, somebody dropped the ball. We need to mount a change, substantial change. 2016 was a wake-up call to everyone, at least it should have been. I read a quote before I came on live tonight, and it said, no. All Trump supporters are not racist. I agree with that. All Trump supporters are not racist. But they decided that racism is not a deal breaker. All Trump supporters are not racist. But they decided that racism is not a deal breaker. That in and of itself speaks volumes. I think that those two sentences clearly and concisely wrap my feelings about how this all went out. I do not believe that all Trump supporters, a portion of them, maybe even a significant portion of them are. I don't know the numbers. I don't have the numbers. I don't believe they all are, but they all decided that racism is not a deal breaker. I will vote for this man in spite of. I am not going to rehash and get into the Hillary versus Donald Trump thing. We've done that ad nauseum. I just thought it was a very interesting quote because that succinctly explains how I felt about the situation. So what are you going to do? I said on my postmortem last Wednesday that we have this significant portion of the population that is so aware, they're so woke, that they did not participate in the process because they didn't like the process. The process doesn't work. The process does not fairly represent me and my and my uh, feelings position. They don't this this system is not created with us in mind. Therefore I do I refuse to participate in the system. And you know what? Here's the killing part about all that. That's pretty much on point. No the system was not created with us in mind. If you have any questions about that, go back to the Dred Scott decision. No this system is not represent my interests. Interest was the word I was looking for. Does not represent my interests. You're right about all that. 
but what's your plan? Uh, a friend of a friend um, provided some ideas, and they border on, I don't know, uh, revolutionary. It's five blocks south of revolutionary. You know, uh, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not an anarchist. I'm not trying to overthrow the government. I'm not trying to. I mean, I, I, I mean, I'll leave that for somebody with a, with with a lot larger pair than I got. It's not my calling. I believe my calling is to get in and make change. And no, and and no. I'm not talking about Barack-type change. I'm talking about real grassroots, fundamental change. I respect Barack for his hustle. I respect for his intent. I respect anyone's intent to go into D.C. with change on their agenda until they realize the cesspool that D.C. has become. I had an argument with a person a couple of days ago about Obamacare and the health insurance mandate. I've said before, if you go back on my post of what I've said before, Obamacare may not be perfect. It will need to be tweaked. But it's better than just standing there with your hands in your pockets. I understand smaller businesses have a hard time making that mandate. I get that. I understand that completely. I have to look at it from the opposite side, too, though. If I got a guy working 40 hours a week, he's giving me one-third of his life, essentially. Then if he gets sick, it's not right for him to have to pay for that out of his pocket. Again, there may be a better way to do this. person works full-time. The killer about this is the ones you need to be mad at is the insurance companies because they're the one reason their rates handle with fist. You need to be mad at your senators and your congressmen who don't who let them drive their prices up with impunity. They don't stop it. It's not it's unchecked. Wellmark, that's uh, I think they're headquartered here downtown. They have a huge campus downtown Des Moines. But Wellmark Insurance, Blue Cross Blue Shield, they went up on their rates 20-some-odd percent last year, and they're not a part of Obamacare. We focus on the wrong devil. You rail against the law, which isn't perfect. But the ones who are actually raising the prices get a pass. One of our senators here in Iowa, Chuck Grassley, uh, I believe it was in 2014, 2013. I don't remember the exact number, but he took hundreds of thousands of dollars from the insurance lobby and then turned around and voted against Obamacare. Now, he may have had some real issues with the law as written, not debating that fact. He may have. The thing about it is the appearance of a conflict of interest 
is when you would take thousands of dollars from the insurance lobby and then vote against a law that they're expressly against. Far too often, that is D.C., that's the way it works. Yet we keep sending these same people back over and over and over again. We need to hire better. To that end, I am doing some very, very cursory exploratory on maybe trying to be the active change that I seek. I have no specifics yet. Consequently, I will not get any deeper than that. Just know, keep your ears peeled, keep your eyes peeled. There may be some major announcements coming from me in the next few months. But again, what are you going to do? What's your next movement? Well, the first thing we need to do, we need to aim our venom at the right place. We need to aim our anger at the right recipient. I do not like the fact Trump is president, but there's nothing I can do about it now, so I got to ride with it. I read that he is making his cabinet members or people that are working his upper echelon fill out financial affidavits to make sure there's no conflict of interest from their finances and what he's trying to accomplish in D.C., which is absolutely ironic because he has not sent out his tax returns yet, yet we don't know what his conflicts lie. So we need to keep this in the forefront. He needs to release his taxes because I believe There is something in those things that he does not want anyone to see. There is no other reason why you would not release your tax returns, a a measure that every major presidential candidate has done since Richard Nixon. There's something in there that you do not want somebody to see. Maybe it's his ties with Russia. Who knows? Maybe he's not as rich as he says he is. Who knows? And honestly, I wouldn't even care about that now. But the fact that he refuses to show them implies that there's something he's seriously trying to keep under wraps. So here's the deal. Because he was so adamant on Barack Obama showing his birth certificate, even after the election, I, as one man sitting in the chair, will continue to keep this alive for him to show his tax returns. If Barack got to show his birth certificate, you got to show your taxes, basically. But what are you going to do? What's your next move? America is amazingly fragmented now. I shouldn't say now. We always have been, but it's now visible. A significant portion of the population, the bigoted part, feel like this is a mandate for their feelings. This victory lent validation to their bigotry. And I've seen some incidents that have happened since last Tuesday. And I mean, some of them were hoaxes. I'll I'll give you that. But I'm telling you, all of them were not hoaxes. 
uh, white America who followed Donald Trump now believe this is, quote, unquote, their country, and they can say and do what they want. Yes, there was a video posted of guys riding around harassing minorities in the name of Trump after the election. Yes, there was a spray-painted sign with a swastika saying, niggas go home, or something like that. That happened. Yes, in multiple schools or whatever, there was uh, white power and uh, go home, we're building a wall. and yet That all happened. You all can sit there and try to minimize it and say, well, you do it too. Yes, there was a video in Chicago of some black folk jumping on this white dude because he was a Trump supporter, which started from Fender Ben. That's wrong too. But just because that's wrong does not make the previous things any less wrong. As long as we sit here and keep pointing fingers, well, you all do it too. It's never going to happen. It's not going to change. I'm sick of the phrase, be the change in the world that you seek. I'm sick of it from the standpoint of nobody, everybody quotes it, nobody does it. I read an article, uh, read a statement. There's been a lot of memes out lately. I read one, and ironically, this is a meme from that pastor in North Carolina that was a Trump supporter who got caught up in his lies about graduating this and being a Kappa, I believe, and all that stuff. There was a quote attributed to him. I don't know if he truly said it, but it was attributed to him. I'm going to ride with it. And he and it said something like, it's time for us to stop looking at ourselves as African-American and Muslim-American and Hispanic-American and start seeing ourselves as American. And I agree with that 1,000% with this condition. condition. When all of white America accepts all of us as Americans. Because remember, American means white. Everybody else got a hyphen. I'll say that again. American means white. Everybody else got a hyphen. So when white America, all of you all, accept all of us as Americans, then we can start this healing process. But all of, accepting all of us means that that little slick shit y'all do when we're not around, you got to stop that. Those stereotypes that, that, that spur you to act the way some of you act, you got to stop that. I get it. Some of you all get your opinions on other races and ethnicities based on the 6 o'clock news. You got to stop that. When all of y'all accept all of us as Americans, this stuff, we begin to heal this. Now, does everything stop overnight? Of course not. Does, does black American and do, do, do black folk and Hispanic folk or whatever, do we say bad things about white folk? Of course we do. But as long as we both stand on, stand on both sides of the fence pointing at each other saying, you do it too, nobody finishes, nobody fixes anything. I said to this to somebody 
that when you when we began to say to each other our similarities outweigh our differences and say, hey, I pledge to stop doing that to you and you pledge to stop doing that to me. And then between us, we can start going after the ones that refuse to stop. That's how this works. We have to make sure if we are going to be Americans, we've got to treat each other as such. That's the only way this works. That's your next movement. The first shoe is dropped. The anti-Obama has, has got in. Okay, fine. It happened. What do you do next? Because the killing part about this is, I, I read somewhere that eight, Trump had 8% black support and uh, I think it was like 5% Latino support, whatever. The killing part about this, all of these racial incidents that are happening in the name of Trump since the election, they're some of your neighbors. These are some of your kids. These are your cousins or the cat you play bridge with or the dude you play tennis with or the guy you see at the health club every Tuesday. If you're going to be real about this, if you want this to end, then when when your cousin, your, your brother, your sister-in-law, baby cousin Tracy, when she do stuff like this or when they do stuff like this, when they harass women, when they harass Muslims, a lady had her headscarf, her hijab taken off at a gas station, and the lady put gas on it. Had another one snatched off in Walmart, saying, go back to your country. You know, this stuff happened. Kat told me at, at Menards one day, go back to Africa. I actually laughed at him about that because whatever. But that's somebody's cousin that's doing it. That's your, that's your husband. That's your next-door neighbor that you tell nigger jokes with. The way this happened, and don't get me wrong, I'm not saying you all are the fault, because I, I know people that do that to white folk, and I've checked them and cut them out of my life for that. See, the thing about it is when I say you check your folk, you can't physically make them stop. But you may need to make some real hard choices in your life about who you choose to associate with. If you real about wanting to make this in and want this to be one America, which I find it really funny because these are the same folk that railed for eight years against Obama, but I digress. If you're serious about making this one country and healing and doing all that kumbaya stuff, then you and me and your cousins, and you, you got to make a concerted effort to make sure you live the life that you speak. You want to heal? Do something about it. Your encounters with people dictate how this goes from here on out. If you're in a group and they're telling nigger jokes, you got to shut that down. The same way I'm sitting there with white folk jokes, I shut them down. I don't get down like that, man. That's not funny. 
That's lazy. It's 2016. That's all you got? That's lazy. So be that change you speak. I'm going to keep saying that even though I hate that saying because nobody does it, but be the change you seek. To that end, once again, I am going to put some stuff in motion. I am going to be that change and start doing some things. And I got some good friends that, want to, that have been spurred to action in ways that they weren't before. But that's gonna, that should be your mandate. What are you going to do to make it better? What's your next movement? So I'm going to bid you adieu. My time is up for you all this evening. I'm so glad we had this time together. And like I say every week, and I actually mean it every week, but even more so this than any other one's, Take care of yourself and your own and your families because that's all you got. Peace. Ballistic linguistics. Got the ballistic linguistics.